cloth Y'all would get ripped apart You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets like Carmelo with the Rucker Park Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt to the show you are tuned into episode 167 of the decoding success podcast and you are rocking with your host matt labrie i have to ask you have you ever doubted the greater power that exists in this world have you ever doubted god or whoever it is that you believe in asking yourself why me or asking god why me why am i going through this right now why am i experiencing this right now why are you choosing me to put this hardship on my path at this given time well listen if you are someone that has ever asked yourself that question i just want to let you know that you are not alone because i most definitely have been there myself and that is exactly one of the many things we are diving into today with our amazing guest that is joining us, who's being introduced in just a couple of minutes. On top of that, we are talking all things faith, all things spirituality, all things trust and surrender for a very beautiful episode with our friend Grace Valentine, who is an author, blogger, podcast host, and speaker. Her readers love that she is so relatable. They say her fresh voice helps them navigate their own faith and life, which in turn helps fulfill her mission to show others that Christianity is an adventure worth living. After growing up outside New Orleans, Louisiana, Grace attended Baylor University, graduating in 2018 with a degree in journalism. She now resides in Orlando, Florida, where she enjoys running and eating lots of sushi. But with that being said, she also enjoys hopping on podcasts just like this and adding a ton of value, which is to come. Now in the bio, you heard the word Christianity. I just want to let you know that this applies to every belief system that is out there, whether you don't believe in anything, just the greater greater power, or whether you do believe in Christianity or Catholicism or whatever the case is, this still applies to you. I promise you that. And I am super excited to bring you this episode today. So again, you are tuned into episode 167 with our friend Grace Valentine here on the Decoding Success podcast. And now without further ado, we bring to you Grace. Grace, first and foremost, welcome to Decoding Success. Excited to have you and really grateful for you taking the time out of your day to have your success decoded. So welcome to the show. My success decoded. The way you said that, that sounds now more intense than I signed up for, but it sounds fun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited to be on today. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we're excited to have you. I discovered your book, which we'll get into in just a little bit, one of your books, and the title just blew me away. And I'm really excited to die. I'm actually getting a little slightly teary eyed saying that because it was just so powerful. Uh, Something that I'm personally experiencing this year. And I know all of humanity from a global scale is kind of questioning things of that nature as well. But we kick off the show with the same question. And that question is, how do you personally define the word success in in your world as opposed to Merriam-Webster's dictionary and whatnot? Yeah, I think success on a grand scheme of life is very much a life that I can say and look back on and very much believe that I did everything I can to point to something greater than myself. And I had fun while doing it. I don't think there's anything selfish about wanting to have a fun, good life. 
Very much so, though. I do believe that, like, you can't succeed without first realizing that Jesus won. That's just for me and something that I stand by. Like, I have to realize that, like, at the end of the day, I can't do big things unless I know who my big savior is. And so there's nothing wrong with chasing and doing my dreams and doing the tangible things to get me there. But success at the end of the day is all about just first knowing and acknowledging that like, it's never been about me and then living a life that somehow gives back to that. And I enjoy. Right. I love that. Now, when did this spiritual journey take place? Is it something that you were born into? Is it something that you discovered on your own? I'm, I'm really curious to understand. Yeah, so that. I was, I grew up going to like very traditional church, but like with my family, a great church. Um, but I would say like, honestly, for me, it was just like high school. Like I think most people like either like you, high school kind of sucks. <laughs> and so I had like a very interesting high school experience where like I was first, like very weird, like weird things would just happen to me. I was very much bullied. And then I ended up being like, quote unquote, like more on the cool side, like class president, homecoming court, like one of those people, but I was broken in both places. And I remember being like, so pissed off. Cause I was like, if I just became popular, like everything will be fixed. Like, like a teenage girl mentality. And then I was, and I was like, wow, I like had eating disorder. I was way more stressed than ever before. And so finally that's when, even though I knew the right answers, I was like, you know, I actually want to believe in something greater than myself and something that would give me peace in this moment. Um, and then it really just the Holy spirit. And like, Jesus is the only thing that fully satisfied me in those moments. Doesn't mean it was always easy. Went to college, made a lot of drug mistakes. Like, you know, like it's like you, you go in and out, but I very much am thankful that the journey with like faith in general for everyone, it's not going to be this like instant trans, like it is an instant transformation in some ways, but like, it's not like what you see in like people's Instagram posts when they act like following Jesus is so easy. And like, at their perfect life married at 22 like you know like that's for some people but like I think that's so unrelatable in a lot of ways and so I very much yeah it's been a it's been a journey that's for sure but I think that's the only thing that has made me like one have this desire to live for something greater than myself and I think that is what has allowed me to in in the worldly terms succeed in certain avenues but it's also what has given me just joy and like a purpose. I'm like, okay, this world isn't the end. Like, thank God there's something else for this. Right. right. So you piqued my interest when you said like you kind of go in and out, right? Like yeah. uh, peaks and valleys. And I'm always like super curious to learn how people get themselves back in when they do go out. Because listen, we are humans. Uh, we're not going to be just like on, on, on all the time. Uh, although I know I personally try to be on all the time, but that just yeah. doesn't work. Um, so I'm curious, like, how do you find yourself getting back on track, whether that's with your spiritual journey or, you know, maybe your writing or podcasting or something else? Yeah, well, with, um, with my spiritual journey, I think it's very important to, like, try to stay consistent and, like, prayer and his word. And that's, like, when I catch myself not, that's usually when I'm doing something that I know and feel, like, that, like, conviction by. Sure. Um, and so just kind of going back and that. And there's sometimes when I feel God and there's sometimes when I'm like, eh, he's, I like, people are talking about God speaking to them. That's weird. Like, and so I think just understanding that, like, you have to, and I would say with anything, you have to realize that they're always, like, like the, the person is still the same that they were in that moment or the spirit. And so just channeling those good moments and realizing that like, there's going to be moments when other things are louder than others. But when it comes to writing, I think, yeah, that's something that's so easy. Like in this industry is to have days when I really want to write and when I want to post on Instagram and there's days I literally don't think I have any words left to say. Um, but in those moments when I feel like I lose inspiration, I take time and I'm like, I don't have to post. I think it's so important to remind yourself that you don't have to do anything. You can take a day off. You can 
not post on Instagram and the world will be okay. Like no one's going to be crying tomorrow. Like obviously it's better to have engagement and it's better to that, but I would rather it be a genuine place than something that I just quickly wrote in my, which I mean, most of the time when it comes from genuine places in my notes and I'm like on my phone, (laughs) but I would rather it almost be like that than something that I just quickly put on to like be a show. And so I take the time I need and I just pray through it. Honestly, like that's another thing is like, I pray about it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, can I think of something? Can I channel some other energy right now so that I can write and be in a good place? And usually it always comes back because it's just like with any old thing, you have to remind yourself why you chose it, why you love it. And you have to also give yourself the freedom to realize that you don't have to. Mm. I love that. Now, you also mentioned that, and this is very interesting to me because you kind of said like this was your mentality in high school. You also mentioned saying like becoming popular would almost like heal it all. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's also the mindset of a lot of, I mean, I'm in my, you know, later twenties now. Shit. I don't even like saying that. (laughs) No, I'm Honestly, I mean, I'm 24 and I'm like, I remember thinking 24 was so old and like, it's only like, it's, I only get older. Mid twenties are coming, you know? Yeah. 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 So I mean, (laughs) (laughs) like that's also the mentality though, in a sense, not necessarily the popularity, but that's also the mentality of a lot of individuals beyond high school. Like, all right, if I achieve X amount of dollars, everything will be all right. If I achieve dating this woman, this man, everything will be all right. Like kind of looking for like Prince Charming in different ways, you know, getting this career, getting this job, um, you know, working overtime and doing X, Y, Z. Like, how did you, how did you get out of that mindset as opposed to, because it's like you did the inner work, like you're doing, you're doing the work spiritually, right? Like that's so powerful. Yeah. Spiritually is a big component. I would say like on a tangible note too, of things like besides like my faith that helps me in those moments is just kind of being like, I no one cares about me as much as I care about myself too. Like, and like the, um, and so it's easy to chase all those things, but like no one, if I succeed and have money, like no one really will care as much as like I would care. And so I think taking away the social anxiety of like, Oh my gosh, people would like me. Like that has been very important for me. Um, cause I am more of a people pleaser and I want to be successful. So that, like everyone knows I'm successful. So like my ex-boyfriend from forever ago will be like, Oh my gosh, she turned out great. Like, you know, I want to prove everyone wrong with my success. And so I've realized that is such an unhealthy place to be chasing these dreams, like to prove people wrong. Like I don't have to prove anyone wrong. I just get to live a life that I love and a job that I am proud of and a job that like I would want to see, or even my parents, I want to make my parents proud. They are the most like they were bankers, like really smart university people, like way different than like the career I'm doing. They still will be like, I don't really get what this whole author career is, but like you're making it work. It's great. And so I want to make them proud and prove them that this creative industry can make something of myself. But I have to remind myself that that has never been my main goal. And I think just always having a healthy balance of like, there's nothing wrong with jamming out to Sorry Not Sorry by Demi Lovato. But if every move I make, I'm using as like revenge to prove people wrong, then like that's unhealthy. And I don't believe anyone gets far when they do it with ill intention. Right. So I, I think just keep creating that mindset of just being like, I don't need to succeed. Like money will like the grass is always greener. There will always be more money, more success, and there will always be someone more successful than me. And that is like the most humbling thing to remember that no matter how hard you work, there is always going to be Elon Musk making a million of, not even a million, way more than that is an hour. Anyways, so you will never be the best. And that's okay. Like we were never called to be the best. We were called to just live our journey and find 
our thing and how we can do that to glorify whatever. And then for me, my faith, like that's the only thing that gives me peace in this. Right. So you beat me to one of my questions, but I want to see if we can go a little bit deeper on it. I always ask and kind of just to like connect the dots in a sense, like we understand who you are right now, just from like this, you know, 10 minutes of conversation already. But I always ask who, who is Grace in high school or who is the interviewee in high school? Right. I want to know like who you were hanging out with. What was your definition? I love that question because I always think people like those are the memories that like (laughs) high school and like middle school are like traumatizing and not traumatizing, but it really carries with you. Like no matter how old people still talk about who they are in high school. Um, so yeah, in high school, I was, I mean, I was really weird. Like, okay, my fresh or in eighth grade, this is not in high school. I things weird would just happen to me where like, I was definitely just a, might as well bully me. Like, I don't blame anyone. I had half my face went paralyzed for three months. Like I had this thing called Bell's palsy, really rare in kids. It happened on picture day. It's just funny. I'm like, that's so my life. Um, and then in ninth grade, I was still kind of like, on the outskirts, like in the preppy smart classes. I was very smart in high school. Just funny. Cause in college, I felt like I just was like, I'm going to hustle my own business. I need my GPA to stay my scholarship, but I'm not going to care anyways. Um, then slowly junior year, that's when it all started to change. I mean, puberty was hitting, I was quote unquote prettier. And so I got my way. And I think that was what I hated when I was in high school and why I wrote in my nuts is because what was scary was I started losing weight like crazy and it was an unhealthy way. Um, I started going to tanning bed. I started getting blonder highlights. Those things really actually helped me socially. Um, and I was kind of pissed off cause I was like, okay, I hate that people treat you better when you look better. Like I hate that. And I don't want to be that person. And I hate that that is how I feel that then it became addictive. Like, okay, what else can I do to convince people to like me? And it has to be based on the way I look. And so then my senior year, Part of the reason I even got this, like, like not this book deal, but I started one blog before my successful blog, and it was after high school graduation. And I spoke at my high school graduation. People always are like, oh, you're a valedictorian. No, I was not a valedictorian, uh, but I was class president. And then I, like, took a selfie when selfies were, like, the big deal, like, 2014. And then it started, like, a trend of people taking selfies at graduation. But after that, I was like, man, that was so cool to speak. And I think because of the way the church is, you don't really see women speaking. I was like, I would love to speak for something bigger than myself. I don't know what that would be. Like faith never came to mind because like, and also I never seen women speakers doing what I wanted to do, which is a sad part about the church today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that moment of like that, I was like, I'm so broken. I hate, like, I hate the way I feel like, man, that was so fun to write a speech that made people laugh and brought people together at the high school graduation. Like that would be cool if I could do that one day. And so now with my book, I also travel and speak places and it feels like it's almost like God just affirming a calling I got when I was younger and also showing me like, yeah, a woman can speak to men and women that you can do that. You can do what you're called to do. And I hate that. Like I never saw it. Right. Right. So I'm curious, you know, there's, there's that quote that goes around, like, uh, look good, feel good. Mm. You you said that pretty much you like totally, or, or let me ask you, do you oh. align with that at all? Like, I think, oh, I mean, like, I like, obviously in the Zoom, I do not, like, I'm working out today. So this is not <laughs> a look good, feel good day. But I, I would say like, honestly, like people who know me know, I'm like, oh, 
you're like, yeah, like look your best, put on your best self, like love makeup, love that. And I think a lot of Christians would be like, oh, that's so bad. I'm like, I like, it makes me feel better about myself. I'm not right. doing it for anyone but myself. Um, I think what was the frustrating part for me with the high school thing was I hate that someone's like treats you differently. Like, and that, that goes on to like, honestly, in a way, like this pretty privilege itself that this world has. Um, and so that was, I think that was the hardest part as I saw in the quick four years. I mean, you change so much in high school, the difference of being like the outskirt one. And then the difference between being the one who was more well-liked had that more like all American girl look. And I hated realizing how different I was treated, but I look back and I'm like, also I was carrying myself different. Like, you know, I was, there are things that like, it wasn't just all my looks. Now I can see that taking that lens out of high school. I was a lot more confident. I, had my, like, I was getting older. I kind of gave up trying in the wrong places, like to push myself and make myself fit their table. Like I was like, you know, I'm going to be myself. And so as much as I look back on that, like it's way different than it was like then my mindset. And so I'm a big believer that people are going to treat you. And this is like a worldly way. This is not my faith-based answer, but if you carry yourself with confidence, people are going to believe you. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, it's like with Instagram people, I'm like, there's girls who are so scared to like, Cause they want to do what I do. And I'm like, that's great. You have to start posting on your Instagram and they're so embarrassed. Like, I don't want to post like, or like their own business. I know guys who started business and girls started business and they're scared to post about it on Instagram. And I go, you have to like, be proud of it. Like you can't like hide this avenue of your life. It is part of who you are. And if you are insecure about starting this business, people are going to see that. And why would they want to buy or invest in it or click on it? Right. No, it totally makes sense. So so now was Am I Enough? Was that your first book? Yes, that was my first book. So I started working on it in college, actually. So I signed okay. my publishing deal in college. I was so naive about the whole process, which is kind of funny. I was just like, oh, I'm going to write a book. I had a really successful blog. And I look back at it, it's six to get published are really a lot harder than I knew at 19. But I just was like, bought a book on a 200 agents. And I just started cold calling, like emailing. They, my, the agent I have now, his profile literally said, like, I do not accept people who've never been published before. And I was like, ha bet, like sending him an email anyways. And so I didn't take no for any, I, and then when people would say no, I'd be like, can you tell me why? Like, that's all, I totally understand. Give me some feedback so I can take that for the next. And some people did give me feedback. And that, I mean, my age was one of the hardest things to hurdle to prove myself on. But I was, when you feel called to it, you just have to confidently be like, you know what? I, I know this is what, I think this is a book that's needed. I, and I didn't have the name for it at the time. So, and it's funny because my publisher helped me with the name. I had other names in mind, but I love Am I Enough? And now it creates like a series for me too, where like all my books can be questions. And I'm like, that's so much more me. I'm a question person. But yeah, I was in college and I just kind of was like, you know what? There's, I think this is missing right now. There's no relatable Christian books. Everything felt like it was very much more written by my grandma for my grandma with like a let go, let God mentality. Not like, okay, like I know what it's like to be in college and feel like stuck at a frat party, like getting too drunk. Like, you know, like there was nothing that felt real to me. And that was why I was like, if I don't see it, I'm going to be it. Like be who you needed when you were younger, be who exactly. you needed when you're broken. And if that's a great business mentality, if there's something missing in your life, it's probably missing for others. Right. Right. So what, inspired you to write that book was it being bullied and the eating disorder or was there something yeah it was that it was very much that and just constantly and feeling like my looks were the most important part of me because that's when like I had the eating disorder I was like 
so stuck because people would compliment you, which is like such an awkward place. Like, how'd you eat your body? I'm be like, I didn't eat. And then if I did, it threw up. Like, you know, like I'm laughing now because I'm like, that's like, people are like, this is so great. You look so great. I'm like, this is so unhealthy. Um, and then going to college. And I think also like I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana area. And I went to Baylor University, a Baptist school. And then I struggled with my faith a little because what is a sin in New Orleans is different than sins in like a Baptist university. And I had to be like, like drinking senior year, people, everyone did it with parents. Like it just, drinking alcohol never felt like a sin. Then I go to Baylor and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I lost my identity of being like the good Christian girl too. Cause that was kind of my stick in high school. So I struggled with my faith little freshman years, kind of finding myself. And so I was like, I think people need a relatable Christian book because I don't think Jesus is always what these, even like the Christian people are like sometimes the pressure that they feel like this. I don't know. Anyways, I was just very much like, there's nothing I feel like that's relatable about like ups and downs with your faith and insecurity and partying and God feeling silent. And I don't feel enough. Like I'm Christian. I don't feel Christian enough. I don't feel pretty enough. I don't feel successful enough. I don't feel any of those things. And I have to find it in Christ again. And then after that, I was like, there needs to be a book about that by someone young. I was like, because I'm young, I think that's going to help. I'm like a high school and college girl. I want you to say, yeah, that was literally me last year. Not like, okay, before I met my husband and before life was perfect, I kind of struggled with that. So that's why I did it. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it's inspiring to say the least, especially at, you know, at such a young age, you were like getting after it like that. You really felt called to it. But I'm curious to learn, like, is there any actionable advice that you might have for someone that's out there to actually start believing they're enough? Because and we could even tie this into the, you know, the subtitle of your your new book that you have coming out or already out. And um, it's it's so powerful. Like what are what are like the step by steps, if at any? Yeah, I would say when it comes to knowing you're enough, also like I think knowing, and obviously this is going to sound like a backhanded thing, knowing that you can't always be enough for everyone. You will, like there will be someone out there who will leave you and think that there's something missing in you. Like there'll be a job who says that you don't have everything that they're looking for. Like there's always going to be someone prettier, more successful, like better than you. Like the way I think the reason we're all disappointed is because a lot of us grew up with this like you're the prettiest princess mentality like you're the best of the best like oh my gosh everyone loves you and so therefore we get older and we realize that was kind of like an exaggeration and so I think understanding that you're not gonna be enough for anyone and like for me I'm I know I'm only enough for Jesus Christ because of the cross but also just knowing that I have I am who I am and I have to like I'm stuck with the way I look. I'm stuck with the way I can try to be healthy. I can go on runs, but like, this is as good as it's going to get. So I better appreciate who God made me and live out this life with the confidence of being like, there's got to be a reason that I am the way I am. And I'm not going to let that hold me back. I'm going to be confident in it. And that's, I think the best mentality is knowing that like, you can't be enough for these people. Like there's always going to be a critic, always going to be someone who wants to tear you down, but it's up to you to not let that voice be the voice that you hear in your head. Like it's about knowing your value, knowing your worth, knowing your creator and just confidently going on in your everyday. So how do you buy into that though? Because that's a lot easier. Yeah. Like it sounds sexy. Like it sounds so yeah. sexy. Yeah, I get, yeah, it sounds appealing. Yeah. it's. I think how do I buy into it? I think it just like on a tangible note, I have to say the answers that I would tell others, like speak to yourself, like you speak to your friends, you know, like I think a lot of times when your friends, 
Like you have this different view of your friend's life when they are going through crap. You're like, oh my gosh, you are so much better than him. Oh my gosh, you can do so many better things. And so you realize that we don't speak to ourselves that same way. We don't give mm-hmm. ourselves the same grace and the same love we give others. And so it's about giving yourself that grace. Like, like it's okay if you fail. Like, what would you tell your friends? Ah, you're young. Like, but when you fail, you're like, oh my gosh, this freaking sucks. And so you have to give yourself that grace that you give others. Give yourself the love you give others. And also just create an environment, literally, that makes you happy and that you're able to see one, your giftings. Like if you are stuck in a job where you feel like you're not gifted, you're probably not doing your gifting. So maybe keep that job for money because I totally understand that, but like create a hobby where you do see your giftings that could pay out that you could later use and you feel more confident in who you are. You know, I think a lot of times we feel insecure too, is because we're not giving ourselves the space to succeed. We're not giving ourselves the space to do things that make us feel like we embody more of the characteristics that we're growing towards. And so, I mean, even at, in, in environments too, like my house, like I bought a house in February, um, very small. So as much as that sounds like it's still a great accomplishment, I'm really proud of it, but it's like 1,200 square feet. So like, um, but it was like very ugly on the outside. And I was like, screw, this is so not me. I got it painted on the outside, added black shutters, added a pink door and something silly like that. I feel so much more myself and so much happier. And so if we're trying to believe that we are enough and working on tangible ways, just create environments that make you happy and that speak you like a pink door. Someone probably drives by and they go, that is freaking ugly. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I like it. It feels more me. I'm happier. And it's little things that surround me that are going to push me to be happier, which in like when you're happier, then you're going to notice the great things about yourself and you're going to be more confident. And so it doesn't have to always be like, I know some girls will say like, put stickers on your bathroom mirror that say you're beautiful. And like, that's great too. But I think just creating a life around you where you just notice the joys and what makes you happy. If that is plants, if that is going on walks with your friends, add that in your schedule. Right. That's so powerful. Okay. So new book. I don't want to botch this title because it's the subtitle that really freaking got me. Like I'm telling you. That's good. That's good. I know the title sounds like I, I had to buy into the title too. It's honestly someone else's idea in my publishing team. And I was like, and then I was complaining about it. And then I said the title. So then I was like, like not complaining. I was like, I don't know, whatever you can say it now. I'm interrupting. (laughs) (laughs) So is it just me learning to trust God in the middle of hurts, doubts, and fears? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That is like this year, or I should say 2020, we're in a different year now, but like 2020, that year alone, like that title is perfect for it. Which is funny because I mean, I started writing this way before the pandemic and it was perfect for me because I worked at a church that got furloughed in like a really not fun way. And then I later decided to quit. Like there are so many things that happened to me where I'm like, oh my gosh, all this thing on hurt, doubts and fears, like. I have never related to it more. And I already wrote most of it. And so I added some more chapters. I was like, I got to redo some things. Cause that, I mean, I think for everyone, we all felt that we felt hurt. We felt doubtful. We felt fearful. Like, I think we feel hurt from our past hurts. We feel stuck in current doubts and we feel right. fearful, fearful of the future. And that's just something that this world will always give. And you have to trust, like, even if someone is listening today who doesn't like believe in God and Jesus, you just have to trust in something bigger than yourself. I don't, for me, the only thing it's God, but if you, that's something else, like, that is so great. But God and trusting in him and his sovereignty has been the only thing that allows me to be like, okay, this year sucks like so bad, but there has to be a reason for all this. As in, even though this is not created by God, 
that like he can still use a bad thing and it can become a good thing if it becomes a God thing. And so that's something I've had to really trust. So how do you surrender to that? Right. Because I could tell you straight up in 2020, at the end of 2020, I literally had a moment where I texted the girl I was dating and I said, why is God doing this to me? Like Mm. we were kind of just like going through it. And I literally felt like I was being used. Yeah. Like it was the absolute worst feeling. And I don't know if I was looking for pity. I don't know what I was looking for, but I literally felt like I was being used and it was so hard to buy in and to surrender to that. Oh, 100%. And I literally bought a house and then got furloughed. And I was like, okay, that like ruined a good portion of my income, which is, I was like, okay, why, why? And like, I feel like right. I did good things to you, God. I thought we had a good thing going. Anyway, right. um, I think to like buy into that and the trust, I think it's also just trusting like what is the end goal? You know, I think that's the hardest part for me. And that goes back to what success is. I think I have to remind myself, like, what am I really striving for here? Like, am I striving for this? Like, am I like, I'm probably upset because of my failed expectations, but I probably must forget forgetting that I was never like meant to be the author of the story, that that is God's job, that I simply am a character and I'm not even the main character, but I get to play a part in this. And I think that is the hardest, most frustrating part. But when like, when crap happens to us, I very much think it's easy to ask like, God, like why? Like, I don't think I see. And even when good things happen to bad people, that's also when I'm like, why? Like, this isn't fair, but it's, not supposed to be fair and just trusting that who I, and I look back and like, I think we can all go back to a moment, whether it's high school, middle school, whether it was just a really bad season we were in five years ago, a year ago of like that moment of feeling absolute crap. But then like, there was a moment where like there was, I was, that helped me in some way, you know? And so I very much look at my story and all those moments that I doubted my worth and struggle with that. And now years later, I'm like, wow, that, that gave me so much. That gave me one chapters to write about like an experience to share, but also it showed me so much more about who I am and finding confidence in something greater than myself that I wouldn't have done if I didn't feel that complete crap. And so I think trusting is all about understanding that you're not the author and that's the hardest and most frustrating part about life, especially if you're a planner and you chase success because you want that to be so clear but yeah, I try to buy into it, but it's hard. It's not like, it's something I have to work at daily. Like I think people yeah. forget, like there's a scripture that people use a lot and it's like about be like, do not conform to the pounds of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And people are like transformed. Like, I think I did so many like stupid camp themes, like transformation, like, you know, like, and you get so excited about that. But at the end of the day, it says by the renewing of your mind, which renewing ends in ING. So it's up to us to be just like, you know, if every day in this, even if you're not a Christian, this goes for you too. Every day you have to renew your mind and be like, you know what? Like, how can I get my mind on things that are helping me towards my goal? Whatever my goal is. It is not renewed. It is not like it was renewed once. Like it is renewing. It's a continual action that if you want transformation in your life, no matter what, you have to renew your mind daily. And that's the hardest part because it's like, I just want to have an off day. But like you have to always point your mind to something greater than yourself. Right. So if... That's powerful, by the way. Now, if someone that reads this book can only take away one thing from it, what would you want that one thing to be? Oh, that's a good question. I would say that trust issues are normal. I talk a lot about trust issues in this book, but when like God will never fail you in that. And so you, yes, you've been hurt. Yes. You have doubts. Yes. There are so many unanswered questions, but there is a God who loves you personally and 
that is what I would want him to take away. And he's worth trusting. Yeah, it's hard because I've been burned a lot of times in my past. So I always, me and my friends will be like, part of this book idea came from me and my friend jamming to a song like, I've got issues, you've got to do. Like, I'm not seeing that singer. Um, there's like the Julia Michaels song or whatever. And it's funny because girls and guys are always like, oh my gosh, I have trust issues. This is so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, this sucks. Like, we're never going to have freedom or be able to, do what we're called to do if we are stuck in these issues yet we're bragging about our trust issues like how can we actually trust because there's nothing we can do in this world that's going to expand whether it's ourselves or christ's name our name whatever if we aren't trusting that life is somehow all happening for a reason right 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 i love that so you do a lot of blogging podcasting writing etc i'm sure you get instagram whatever I'm sure you get a whole bunch of questions, but what is a question you wished more people would actually ask you and how would you answer it? Oh, that's great. I think I love that. I love that question. I want people to ask me that question. <laughs> um, I think the question I wish people would ask me is probably, I think, and no one means any harm by this. I think I get a lot of girls who will, even from my past, will be like, I love what you do. I want to do it. Um, and for those girls, I want to make create this like two separate for those girls who do want to do what I do. I would encourage you to not, cause like, there's no one answer I'm going to give you. That's going to magically make you an author. Like, and so I would encourage, I wish those girls would ask me about more like why I got into this. Like what is advice you would give me versus how can I do it? I think a lot of times we are a wiki how generation and we want to know how, but if you figure out the why of someone and if you figured out like what advice they would give you, that is so much more meaningful and probably, and also less like, how can I do what you do? Like that. And no one means any harm by it, but I, you just, I just get that question a lot. So it make it stand out more. And then on a separate note, like what I wish people who met me and knew me would ask me, I think it's honestly just to like hang out. I think that is something I hate. I mean, obviously COVID, but I hate that people we are living in a world where people will know of you, but not actually try to sit at lunch with you and get to know you that people are so quick to talk about you or to just make assumptions on your social media profile. So if anyone who actually sees me in person, like I just like hanging out with people and I wish more people would be the first one to be like, let's hang out. Like, let's be friends. Like, let's hear your story over coffee because I think that is more meaningful in general and right. people are here to do that these days. Yeah. And it's definitely not easy with this whole COVID thing, but yeah, um, yeah you're in New York, Florida is just wild and out here, but <laughs> <laughs> it is a different ball game down there. That is for sure. But um, cool. So Grace on the way out of these interviews, I always ask the same three questions. Um, the first question okay. is now I'm going to frame it in a different way. Cause I always ask it in a very cliche way, but personally in my life, I've had, two to three instances where I received a piece of advice that like drastically changed the way I looked at things. Mm -hmm. And like, it just always stuck with me. So I would typically ask, you know, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? But I'm curious, like, have you ever had instances where you were given a piece of advice where it was just like, boom, like light bulb just went off, stuck with you. And it's like something that you now give advice to people, et cetera. Oh, I like that question. Um, well, my grandma always has said like, always remember who you are, where you're from and what you represent. Mm -hmm. And so when I, now if I'm ever with a younger girl, I think that's like always my mentality for her is like, remember who you are, where you're from and what you represent. And 
I, that's something that has always stuck with me that she said, because I think it really emphasizes. And I think of like where I'm from, isn't just like a location. Like, yes, it is New Orleans, Louisiana. And I always like, always love Louisiana. Even I watched the McGregor fight with the Louisiana boy. And I was like, yeah, Louisiana boy, Dusty. Like, like it's funny. Louisiana people are so for Louisiana. And I don't want to forget that of where I'm from, but I also don't want to forget like the, the trials that have shaped me, like the hardships, like the, the tears. Like if I, I mean, my dream one day is to be a New York Times bestselling author and to like be able to make Christian books cool like and relatable for people who wouldn't ever pick them up. And if I get to that point, I hope I always remember who I am, where I'm from and what I represent. And then I think you'll live a life that you're more proud of when you do that. What's, what's your favorite book outside of the ones you've written? Cause you oh, talk about books. That's good. Well, yes, yes. Cause I, it's funny because I, well, I love Bob Goff. I think he's a funny author. He has this book called love does. Um, and then I love redeeming love. It's this like fiction story that represents like something like a, in the Bible, love crazy rich Asians. I'm like looking over at the bookshelf. Um, <laughs> I love the movie. Now there's a movie. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny though, because I'm also so ADD where I'll start a lot of books, but I don't finish. Like it's, oh. so high. and I think it's me being ADD it helps me as a writer. Cause I'm like, my chapters are short. I'm like, I, I would get bored next, like time, like right. wrap this up. And so, yeah, but I love Bob Goff. He's easy not to get bored of. He's a great okay. author. Cool. Cool. So what is a piece of advice that you received that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? Oh, that's good. Um, oh, wow. Uh, a piece of advice that I didn't want to hear. Well, I mean, I think when when you're in high school, I'm not trying to like, they're like, this girl has so many issues from high school. Um, I remember, I okay, I worked as a waitress in high school. Okay. And I had a great boss. Like, and it's, and I still would say he's so great. We're so different. He's atheist, like hardworking man. Like, you know, so it was so good for me. I'm this little girl who grew up in a church family at the end of the day, didn't really know what I believed and why. And I'm working at this sushi restaurant for like three years. Also like on my Thursday and Saturday nights to raise money for like books in college and like kind of to give myself an advantage. Um, which was also, I highly recommend everyone. If you're young, be a waitress at least once in your life. One, I made good money that I spent all in college, but <laughs> it was also good for the humbling. And I remember he told me, because I was like, when you're a waitress, you meet people who aren't your Sunday school, your lunch table people. Like I met people who were, I met my first pansexual. I met people with way different lives than me. I was young. You, it was just different culture with children out of wedlock, which sounds dumb. I was in New Orleans. I knew that happened, but I was like, they became faces and names. And I remember him saying something to me like, yeah, maybe your first atheist that you fully met. Who's like confident in saying that, like he believes that there's no God, but if I'm not your last and you probably never saw the world. And that was something that I very much took to heart. And I was like, I don't want to be that like stupid Christian who is only hanging out with Christians who lives this dumb mentality. Like I, and I really hope that's not the, like, how sad would that be if that's the only, like, atheist or the only person who didn't really live out the faith that I got to know? Or, like, mm-hmm. same with all the people. Like, that would just be, like, I'm, what a loser I'd be. Like, so I, I took that advice to heart. I don't know if it was really advice, but I took it as advice. And I was like, I do need to put myself out there and not just be hanging out with, like, a bunch of little, like, happy, pretty Christians. Like, <laughs> no, you need to expand your horizons 100%. I totally get that. Now, Grace, last question for you. 
if you could only give one piece of advice for the rest of your life, meaning if you were writing more books, hopping on more podcasts, doing your own podcast, blogging, putting out stuff on social, yeah, you could only give one piece of advice the rest of your life, what would it be? I would say be who you needed when you were younger. That is, I said that earlier and I stand that. I think everyone will find purpose in their crap if you're who you needed when you were younger. I love that. I'm writing that down because it's advice that I need as well. I oh, think- it just gives you a purpose and it yeah. makes you trust your crap better. Like that's also the thing is you can trust your crap if you realize, okay, there's going to be someone one day who's going to need the story of how I got through this. Like, and so, cause no, there's a, there's a Bible passage. I always laugh. And um, it's like a phrase that people say too in a secular world, but there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. And so it says like, it's the whole idea of that like verse is like that everything that's happened, like all the, like the running around being tired and exhausted has happened before. Like, and so, and I laugh cause now all the like high schoolers I know are freaking out about these little Disney channel drama. I don't know if you know who like the red, the driver's license girl and like, it's like the top song in America, like the world. Um, and it was all this three Disney channel stars having this little love triangle basically. And I laughed cause I was like, you know, we had back in my day, Selena Gomez uh, and Miley Cyrus and Nick Jonas all fighting over each other. And then I laughed because someone told me, an older person, like that Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera had a moment too. Or so anyways, well, I don't know that. Anyway, I, I just think at the end of the day, like there's some things that are always sure. Like people are going to get their heart broken. People are going to go through crap. Finances are going to suck. Like you're going to get overwhelmed. Like Disney Channel stars will fight over each other and use it for publicity and probably some old man will make money off it. But like at the end of the day, everyone's going to need your story. Like everyone's going to need still a new breakup song. Everyone's going to need always that peace. And so that's so important that you have that. Exactly. I love it. I love it. I've enjoyed my time with you. You you are phenomenal. Um, you're so incredible. I love what you're doing. Um, I'm going to put all of your social handles, websites, et cetera, in the show notes of the episode. Do you have anything coming up that we should be aware of? Like, oh, my book, Is It Just Me, is being released February 9th. And so uh, it'll be in bookstores nationwide at every Barnes & Noble. So call them ahead of time to make sure you can get one if you want. And just look at, you can even just go to Barnes & Noble and look at it. And if you don't like it, whatever, I'll be okay. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just kidding. I do care. I want everyone to like it. But um, yes, I'm really excited about that release. But yeah, I mean, other than that, nothing. I nothing exciting. But look forward to. But that's a very exciting thing for me right now. Most so definitely, I hope everyone can check that out. Okay, cool. Definitely. I love it. I will put a pre-order link in the show notes as well. Oh, nice. And I'll share this on my, hopefully some of my followers are listening to this now. So definitely. definitely. Awesome. Grace, I appreciate you hopping on here. Yes. Thank you so much. And there you have it, episode 167 of the Decoding Success podcast with our friend Grace Valentine. Now, you can connect with Grace through the show notes of this episode, hit her with a question on Instagram in the DMs, or reach out to her via her website. Everything is in the show notes, like I said, her social links, website, where you can pre-order the book, and more. As always, I always, always, always ask you and urge you to be the beacon of light in your friend's life, in your co-workers, in your family, in your mastermind, in your colleagues' life by sharing episodes like this, whether it's in the group chat or on Instagram story or Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or even on Clubhouse these days. Shout out to Clubhouse. They are absolutely killing it. Be the beacon of light. You have like-minded people around you, so if you found value in it, which I'm damn sure you did by listening to it this long, if you found value in this episode, make sure you are sharing it. Also, tag us so that we can reciprocate and show the love back to you and last 
lastly, my last thing, the most important thing is expressing our gratitude for you, finding your positivity, your motivation, your positive influence, listening to these stories and finding hope and whatnot, everything positive. You come to Decoding Success for that and we truly, truly, truly appreciate that and we have so much in store for you. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.